0: The Lord heals the brokenhearted in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Dear friends, uh, we're in year B, uh, which is the second year. The church's liturgical cycle goes over three years where basically we get all of the Gospels over three years. So year A, B and C and year B is Mark's Gospel, which out of the four Gospels is the shortest of the Gospels. And the gospel readings are a bit shorter at Mass, if you notice. But how packed are they? And we're going to unpack some of Mark's gospel today. There's always loads of stuff in Mark's. And what I like about Mark is Mark, you know, is the rough and ready gospel, really. He speaks in the coarsest of language, in the most accessible of language, in the most immediate way. So whenever you uh, see that it's Mark's gospel on a Sunday, know that you're going to get a lot of stuff in a very short, action-packed way. And there's going to be a lot for us to engage with this year as we work through Mark's Gospel. It's an absolute joy uh, to come to Mark's Gospel. I always find it so incredibly uh, refreshing uh, when we come to this. So, my brothers and sisters, last week we see uh, Jesus in Capernaum. In the, We see Jesus in the synagogue, sorry, and today then he moves to Capernaum. And he arrives in the house of of Peter's mother-in-law it says in our gospel say Simon this is Simon Peter and he arrives there and any of you who will have had a sick visit from me will know this passage well because when the priest comes to give you a sick visit at home this is the short passage which is read and we see that Jesus is so interested in our lives that even Peter's mother-in-law although she who's just suffering from a fever a sort of a mild illness Jesus is interested and wants to heal her Jesus wants to touch her, and as soon as he does, she's recovered and she's able to wait on them. Uh, she's clearly a very good mother-in-law. Uh, she's somebody, you know, who is keen uh, to serve and to, and to have uh, a household uh, and to uh, serve the Lord uh, in this way. Mark, whenever we encounter him, we will see the dynamic ministry of Jesus. We see the healing that takes place and as soon as that happens, people in the area are hearing about the Lord and they're wanting to come. And they're bringing people, it says in this passage, to be healed and then also to be exercised, to have demons cast out. Now that's a very important uh, marker of Mark's gospel here that sometimes in our uh, modern approach uh, to understanding Scripture, we might say, well, you know, these people who were coming to be uh, cured of possession were actually uh, coming to be healed of diseases. That is not faithful to the biblical tradition. Here we see in Mark that people are healed and people are exercised. Two different things. And so that's an important thing uh, for us to note in here and what Jesus does. It is then, my brothers and sisters, in this passage that we see once again who Jesus really is. Who is it that recognises who Jesus is in this passage? It is actually the demons. And Jesus silences silences them because it is not yet his time. The fact that they recognise who Jesus is Shows who Jesus always was. That Jesus is the one who existed before time, is the second person of the Trinity, the eternal Word of God. The demons are just fallen angels, so they would have known the eternal Word of God in heaven before they fell. And at this moment, they realize that their time is drawing to a close because Jesus is ushering in the kingdom of God. So at this moment, They are afraid. And sometimes, my brothers and sisters, I encounter people today who have had some sort of disturbance and maybe are fearful. And I always say to them that there is nothing to be fearful of in this world when we call upon the name of the Lord. The name Jesus literally means God saves. And whenever we call upon that prayer, that is a prayer which can save us from our fears And from our doubts uh, as well. My brothers and sisters, in today's first reading, uh, which uh, John read for us, and John is one of those chipper people, but even John uh, with a chipperness uh, brought us to the book of Job today which uh, isn't exactly the most positive thing to encounter on a Sunday morning, is it? Is not man's life on earth nothing but pressed service, his time no better than hired drudgery, like a slave sighing for the shades? seems in stark contrast to the gospel, doesn't it, where we see people being released from illness, being released from possession, being set free, and yet we hear from Job how life can be an absolute uh, veil of misery. That is how we might encounter life at times. And actually, if we're living life to the fullest, then we will also know that life has many valleys and many troughs. Each and every one of us will have had struggles and difficulties. And maybe you're going through one of those times at the moment. What today's gospel points us to is that there is a healing and a renewal which will come through the kingdom of God. The psalm today tells us that we should praise the Lord who heals the brokenhearted. A few decades ago, somebody asked what becomes of the brokenhearted. Well, we know that in Christ, my brothers and sisters, that the brokenhearted will be healed and will be bound up when they place their trust In the Lord, Jesus is interested in our lives. He knows if you've got a bit of gout. He knows if you're struggling with your mental health. He knows if you've had a terminal diagnosis. He knows if your heart is broken by a lover. The Lord is interested in you. The same God who numbered the stars and knows every grain on the seashore intimately loves you. Before you were knit together in your mother's womb, he saw who you were and he fell in love with you. He created you and he invites you to be his lover too. There will be suffering, my brothers and sisters, in this life. But Jesus comes in order to heal, to touch, and to transform. Jesus has the ultimate power to bring peace to our lives. And in his resurrection, we see that Jesus overcomes the ultimate suffering and misery, even death itself, cannot contain the Lord. The Lord breaks it out from that. We have a good God Who comes to heal the brokenhearted, who doesn't stand apart from us. In the Catechism of the Catholic Church, it says this the compassion towards the sick in Jesus' ministry and his many healings of every kind of infirmity are a resplendent sign that God has visited his people. His compassion goes so far that he identifies with the sick himself when he exhorts his disciples to know this. I was sick and you visited me. In many ways uh, in our society and in the Western world, there is an increasing disregard for anyone who is different to the able-bodied. We like to think that we're very inclusive, putting our ramps in everywhere today, and that disabled people are included. And yet, have we noticed why in our society there are so few Down syndrome people as there used to be? It's not that they're not being conceived. It's just that they're not being given the right to live. Have we noticed how in our society increasingly calls in the name of compassion invite us to euthanize our grandparents? and people who live in societies where that is legal, the evidence shows that people, when they feel a burden to their families, increasingly opt to go to the clinic and to end their lives. Jesus did not say to us to go and visit the sick and to give them a lethal injection. He said that we should stand in solidarity with the sick and show our love and our care towards them. And that it is the duty of all Christians to show that the gift of life is very precious indeed. We do know, though, that Jesus in his ministry did not heal all of the sick. His healings were just a sign, they were not supposed to be the end. Rather, Jesus goes upriver of the symptom. Jesus goes upriver in order to heal us from that final enemy, the one which causes all of the evil in the world, which is sin itself. He announced a true healing on the cross, a victory over sin and death through his Passover. On the cross, Jesus took upon himself the weight of evil and took away the sin of the world. Illness is a consequence of that. But there is hope, my brothers and sisters, for by the Lord's passion, by his death and resurrection, and by his preferential option for the sick, the Lord comes to configure us to him and to unite us with his redemptive passion. The Lord is full of mercy and compassion. In today's gospel, we see that he reaches out to touch Peter's mother-in-law, to heal her. We will have many broken things in our lives. Allow ourselves to be touched by the Lord today and to stand for a society which is more just, more equitable, and where there is a preferential option for the poor and for those who are sick and disabled and disregarded by our own society. Amen.